Welcome back, everybody. We've got Congress trying to figure out the framework, the legal framework for psilocybin mushrooms. There's already millions of people that have either tried it and or are looking into it. As you can see, this long list of articles today, just in the day or two, uh, so much news surrounding how psilocybin and MDMA can be useful to people. We've talked about it a lot on this channel, and it is something I care about. I still use it to this day, and um, it is tremendously helpful, and I'll dive into some of those details a little bit later. Among many other things, you've got states like Minnesota who are trying to figure out their legal framework for cannabis, and that's uh, troubling. They're trying to really figure out the taxation, and um, you know, my only warning is don't go too high because that has related issues. There's a clip I can play you in a short bit. Um, and then a question about cannabis helping opioid use, or at least helping to reduce it. Very interesting. My name is Mike. Every week I talk about things that I care about. Hopefully you find them of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is partly brought to you by GrassStore.com. Cannabis delivery made simple. Save a whopping 40% right now on your first purchase. Just use the code DAILY at checkout. So they are a huge supporter of this channel. Next time you need some weed, give grassstore.com a try. Now, psilocybin, a topic that continues to come up again and again. I mean, we have we do have a serious problem, mental health problem um, all over the world. You know, life is just getting harder. Just this morning, uh, I was talking to my wife about uh, my obstacles and my struggles. As I've mentioned them many times before, uh, over the years I've used psilocybin therapeutically and it has helped my depression and my anxiety, it has given me clarity in the direction for uh, my life, the future of my life as I plan that out. Now, my problems aren't completely gone. The question is, is does it really work? Well, it does. It does work, but it's not going to solve your problems. You have to solve your problems. Um, and every day there's new challenges. I feel like that was one of the key things that kept on coming up in all of my experiences is that I have to get stronger emotionally, physically, psychologically. Tomorrow brings new challenges. Let's overcome them. And as we conquer them day by day, we continue to get stronger because of it. So... Uh, as you can tell from my voice and my uh, passion about this, um, I, I do care uh, about people and I do care that people can have access to something that is natural, that works, that helps, that uh, can quantitatively improve the quality of life for themselves or their family members. Uh, much like CBD oil, you know, many people still don't know about it. But 10 years ago, people with uh, children that had epilepsy and uh, frequent epileptic seizures, CBD was something being used quietly by these parents. And it's fucking sad to say because um, it's non-psychoactive and it was quantitatively reducing the seizures on a daily basis. It only took 10 years for that to come around and it to be socially acceptable to give your child something like CBD oil. Now, some of the top stories here is about the taxation of cannabis, specifically Minnesota. I came across this and I said, mm -mm, don't make the same fucking mistake as we did here in California. Uh, it has effectively ruined the market and um, from it comes other issues. 
Now, let me play this clip for you. All right. The way Minnesota Democrats are talking about marijuana legalization, it's not a matter of if, but when it will pass. The one thing they do disagree about is how big the tax on marijuana should be. Our political reporter, Theo Keith, explains it to us. DFL lawmakers and advocates want an 8% marijuana tax. Governor Tim Walz favors a 15% tax. Both are on top of the regular state sales tax. It's a topic I asked the governor about today. What I've heard from the advocates is they, of course, want 8%, not yeah. 15 and they're concerned about a black market developing. Yeah, me too. So um, w- why'd you go with 15? Because the evidence doesn't show that happens. And we went with 15 because I think those that are uh, opponents of this rightfully point out, are you going to put money into treatment programs? Are you going to put money in that comes out of this in revenue um, to keep the illegal things off the streets? So as you see, their interest is to grow their funding so they don't have to pull money from other resources and other accounts. Um, Their governor was talking about the importance of being able to pay for all the um, legwork that goes into issuing licenses and vetting and everything else when um, these shops start popping up and opening for business. So it's understandable. But 15% plus sales tax might be uh, pushing it. That could be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25% on the bud they're going to buy. Here in California, we're paying 35% and it's too high. Even if they're at 20, 25%, they're damn close. We've seen it all over um, the state of California from the northern parts to the southern parts. Our uh, state parks are being taken over uh, to grow cannabis illegally. And um, there's other associated issues with that, too. So don't make the same fucking mistake. It's a no-brainer. If you tax it a little bit less, you'll still make a shit ton of fucking money. And you might make up for it through the consumption. People will consume more. And they can hit their target of $100 million annually. It seems like a no-brainer. So moving on to um, this uh, cannabis and opioid uh, story is very interesting, as you see here. Patients' daily opioid dosages were reduced by 47% to 51% of the baseline dosages after eight months. To kind of give that a clearer picture, because those numbers are a bit jumbled, as you see here, a new study led by researchers at New York's Department of Health, they published this week uh, by the American Medical Association, They found that chronic patients who receive medical cannabis for longer than a month saw significant reductions in prescribed opioids. Um, You know, maybe. As we see here, the analysis looked at data from more than 8,000 patients registered in New York's medical cannabis program, tracking how their opioid prescriptions changed over time. It concluded that among pain patients who received cannabis for more than 30 days, the opioid amounts fell by nearly half. I have to say, that um, cannabis use for pain works for some. I have seen that it doesn't work for the many. Now, that's one person's insight. And of course, when we compare it to the uh, to the broader amount of people, I mean, 8,000 patients is very small compared to the tens of millions who use opioids every single day. Um can cannabis be a reasonable replacement? Like, How are they actually quantifying what they have used? Is it just based on their 
um, on their answers in a survey? Have you used more or less this month? And I think it'll probably require a lot more evidence uh, to show that it can be a reasonable replacement. So putting that aside, a reasonable replacement is Kratom. It has been for many years. Um, and it is working. So when we have something like Kratom, why you know, are we trying to use cannabis instead? Doesn't make sense to me. What do you guys think? Leave them down below and I'll catch you guys on the next one.